Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to Hashtag Never Alone, the mental health podcast. Um, we are now on episode 10. You may have noticed we've now got theme song, which has been created by a very kind lady who I will link when we send out the links to the podcast. Um, her original plan was to film or uh, record an episode on suicide, um, but we had a few delays and stuff, and I completely forgot we were supposed to be recording an episode, so I was preoccupied, which is entirely my fault. So that will be recorded at a later date, and also we were supposed to record an episode on men and mental health, which we also delayed to later date. We were going to revisit the topic we did on the first episode. Um, today we will be focusing, focusing on HSP, HSPs. Um, uh, we did have a guest, but it was uh, another similar confusion where she misinterpreted what HSPs were, a bit like the borderline personality episode that we did on the video one. Um, so I will be discussing with Mark, who specialises and has quite a bit of knowledge in HSPs. Um, and he's actually done an episode, which I will link um on our Facebook and Instagram, um, his blog, Hashtag Psychotherapy Unfogged, which focuses on HSPs. Um, and you can find out more after this episode. Um, but anyway, yeah, Mark, just tell us a little bit of what a HSP is. Yeah, hey, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, HSP, highly sensitive people. Um, it's something that there's um, a psychologist called Elaine Allen that began, began researching this you know, many years ago. Um, and it, was, it really hasn't come into the public domain, although I've been working with HSPs you know, for many, many years, but until I would say probably about three or four years ago. So it's been something that is really not, not kind of received the attention you know, academically, psychologically, you know, or otherwise, that it really, really deserves. Um, Elaine Allen has done, I mean, anyone that wants to read, you know, to read more about this, I, you know, I just refer them to Elaine Allen's written a series of books and just films, so more information can be found from her, and also from, yeah, my psych- Psychotherapy Unfold um, episode on HSPs. Um, apparently, HSPs make up around about 20% of the population. Um, so it's a personality type. Um, and, you know, because it's a personality type, obviously, you know, it's been evolutionarily wise. You know, it's remained there because it does offer advantages. Um, so I just want to start off by saying, you know, being a highly sensitive person, you know, it's not a flaw. You know, there is, not, there is nothing wrong with you. You know, it is purely a personality type. Um, and I, I kind of talk about it not being a flaw, you know, because I think often HSPs, and I'll go on to talk a bit more about the time, when they're, when they're growing up, they, they often get called shy or reticent or, you know, or nervous in crowds or, you know, so often I think HSPs grow up feeling, yeah, there's something wrong with me. You know, this is a flaw. You know, I'm not like other people. You know, and I just want to say that is absolutely not the case at all. Um, so I kind of if I go into some of the some of the kind of um, really really familiar characteristics of being an HSP, 
Um, so deep processing would be maybe the, the first one. HSPs process everything, everything in their environment, feelings, both theirs and other people's, in an incredibly deep way. Um, now that can obviously be really beneficial, you know, with, with interpersonal relations and, you know, and friendships. You know, HSPs will deep process all of the emotions. And so, you know, connecting with other, other people can be really, really, you know, really good. You know, deep connections can be created. But I guess the shadow side of the deep processing is HSPs can be easily overwhelmed because they're deep processing everything so deeply that say they're in a, a big crowd and it's really noisy, there are lights, uh, then that can get really, really overwhelming. And I think the shadow side often for HSPs is getting overwhelmed. You know, um, there are different situations that are going to overwhelm different HSPs, of course, but the overwhelm, I think, is something that is particularly common. Um, Evolutionary-wise, you know, HSP, there's the highly sensitive trait has been found in every everything, you know, from fruit flies to deer to primates. So, you know, there's a definite, distinct evolutionary advantage from being an HSP. And, I, I, and to demonstrate it, like, well, maybe I'll just talk about a lot of a group of deers in a forest so there's a group of deers or in, in a forest and they're all kind of feeding now, there's always going to be one member of that deer community that is going to hear a sound you know a twig breaking you know something that might signify danger before the other members of the group and that would be the hsp the hsp would be really really sensitive and pick that up first and perhaps alert the group you know, so it's really, really good quality for the group, although the HSP might not end up eating as much as the rest of the deer because it is on high alert the whole the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did, should I talk a bit more, Joe? Do you want to yeah, ask Yeah, um, I don't know. Ask is it kind of similar to like, sounds random, but like meerkats and stuff because there's always one on guard, isn't there, while they're from like predators. Um, is that quite as common with a lot of animals where there's always one that's always on alert? Exactly. Yeah, there's always one that's probably going to be more sensitive to the, to the others and be on, you know, be on, as you say, like real high alert. Um, some of the, if I go on to talk about some of the sensitivity, some of the general traits, you know, and as I said earlier, all HSPs will have a different combination and, you know, different, different kinds of spectrum of these traits but things that I think that most HSPs can relate to are sensitivity to things like noise or smells or strong lights or crowds so HSPs can tend to be very very sensitive to these things so for some HSPs working in an office with strip lighting is going to be really overwhelming because they're, they're deep processing the lighting that's affecting them yeah, the other HSPs, it might be noise. They might be easily styled. Um, some HSPs, it will be smell. If it's a really, really strong smell, then that can, you know, that can really kind of overwhelm them. Um, so it, it's really, you know, it depends on the person, really. Um, another quality of HSPs is a deep capacity for empathy. 
So HSPs, you know, as I said, deep process information, internal, external, in, in an incredibly deep way. Um, so they do this with other people's emotions. So HSPs, and I think this is this is really really common. I would say this probably fits most most HSPs. They have a very very deep capacity for empathy, and some research is kind of saying that we have mirror neurons, and these these are the, the neurons that help us feel other people's emotions. So, for instance, with mirror neurons, if you're watching somebody else eating ice cream and they're getting pleasure, the same part of the brain is going to light up for you as lights up for the person eating the ice cream. So this is the kind of mirror neurons, and these are the things that you know that give us empathy. So some research says that HSPs have, have more mirror neurons. So if they're around suffering, so if someone's really upset, they're going to feel that pain almost as if it's their own, um, which, which you know, means they can be really, really great friends, really connect with people. But I guess the shadow side of that is they can get easily overwhelmed. So, for instance, you know, if an HSP is sitting in a room full of very angry people, they're going to be feeling all of that anger, and it's possible that they're going to get overwhelmed. If they're sitting in a room full of people that are experiencing a lot of sadness, it's possible they're going to get really overwhelmed. I mean, I have had HSPs describe it as like having no skin, so you just feel there's no nothing between them and the emotional reactions of other people. So, you know, I think as with you know, with everything, really, there are positive and negative aspects to it. Yeah. And so you, you're pretty much like saying um, you basically take on other people's stress, even though it's not your own stress, and then you start to feel those emotions that the other person's feeling. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. You, you take on other people. If someone's really, really stressed around you, you take on the other person's stress. It would almost feel like it was your stress. Uh, so I think part, yeah. I'm definitely like that. I reckon I think I'm quite an empathetic person. I think same with my partner. I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning when you take on other people's stress. If someone's sad in your family or when your friend's sad, then you're, you're not stressing. Sometimes you don't even realise why you're stressed. But obviously, you've taken that on board from someone else that's sad. Yeah, and that is so that is so true, Joe. I mean, obviously, you don't have to be an HSP to have a deep capacity for empathy. But I guess, I guess, you know, often kind of the therapeutic journey of HSPs is to to to, to go forwards, just trying to be mindful enough to understand what's theirs and what's the other person's because i guess with you joe yeah i mean i've you know i've known you for you know a good number of years i mean you, you are a very empathetic person i mean what what do you notice then i mean if somebody if you're in an environment where you know where people have dropped their emotions you, you you notice that you're just picking that up and you're not sure where the emotion yeah, is. i feel like i take on other people's stress even though it's not anything to do with me sometimes like and one of the things is like my partner's nan died and I only ever met her once but seeing my partner upset made me cry like I wasn't necessarily upset that I'm not saying I wouldn't have been upset that she'd lost her nan but I was upset for her and I took on that and then I was crying even though I'd, I'd only met the person once um, and like I 
<laughs> probably shouldn't say it, but like there's always been quite a fair like my friendship group back in London has always been drama here and there occasionally. Yeah. And yeah. even if it's nothing to do with me, I then end up taking that trust on board or um unknowingly take sides sometimes. Yeah. Even if I don't know the full story, because then I feel so, I feel bad for my friend and then that's made me whoever's upset at them, that's made me have a dislike for that other person, even though they've done nothing wrong to me. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and this, this is deep empathy, isn't it, you're talking about? Yeah. And, and, and I'm wondering, I mean, Joe, you know, over the years we've both worked in the, you know, with adults with, with learning difficulties, both worked in that field for an extended amount of time. Well, what do you notice in terms of picking up, in terms of your empathy when you're with a group of people that, you know, I mean, adults with learning difficulties, you know, often, you know, have quite difficult lives, you know, I mean, that's, that's another, you know, conversation for another time. But yeah. I think, do you notice you pick up a lot of emotions when you're working with groups? I, I definitely feel like it helps you build better relationships because even though you're not in that situation, you know, kind of, it makes you feel like you know how they're feeling and you can read emotions. And I think, especially for someone like me that's got anxiety and like other mental health stuff, so I notice stuff in people that maybe other people will notice because I have similar traits in myself or the way I express my emotions were quite similar to that person. So it was definitely feel like it was easier to build relationships with the, the students and relate to them and kind of help maybe them feel better about their situation. And I'm sure some of the staff that we work with quite um, might agree that it's the same with them. It helped them build relationships with them because they knew their situation and how that might make them feel. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the, the kind of deep capacity for empathy, which, which Asian Stephen you know, and others have, I mean, it, it's great for, you know, for kind of work, you know, working with other people, the friendships, the romantic relationships. But then I guess, as you said, Joe, like the, the potential shadow side of it is you can get pretty overwhelmed with other people's pain and suffering when you've got such a deep capacity for empathy. And I guess that that has to be managed. You know, it's similar with, with you know, HSPs often can't watch scenes of suffering, so horror films, you know, I mean, unfortunately in this world, you know, there, there's so many scenes of, of people and animals and the environment, in fact, suffering. You know, for HSPs, you know, looking at these images, they, they're often haunted by them. I mean, they can often, you know, see an image of suffering and it will come back, it will come back, it will come back, it will come back. You know, so a lot of HSPs try and manage, you know, how much, how, how many of these images they take in because, because of the deep capacity for empathy again, it can really, really affect them. You know, and things like climate change, you know, HSPs are hugely, you know, connected with that, you know, watching what's happening with the earth and... And, and I guess with you, Joe, I mean, with your capacity for empathy, is it quite difficult for you to look at stuff like that? I mean, it's difficult for everyone, right? But I think there's, there's, it, it's, I think, it's the fact that I the images... Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just for the images piece and others with deep empathy. It's just the fact that the images are so tormenting, you know, it's difficult to move on from them. I don't know, is that your experience, Joe? I think having anxiety and stuff, it kind of prepares you for the worst because you always expect the worst. 
Um, yeah. The same with depression. So you kind of expect the worst. So stuff like what's going on with the world now, like COVID and stuff, and having to be in lockdown away from people, it kind of, you're used to expecting the worst. So it doesn't affect you as much. Like being on your own, there's, there's times, especially with like anxiety and depression, where you feel better by being by yourself. So you're kind of used to it. Whereas it would affect other people that are probably maybe not used to it, that don't have mental health stuff, that might eventually develop mental health issues because of stuff like COVID and climate change and death and stuff like that. Yeah, and I know you said this on on, on the last show you did, and I think it, it's really true, isn't it? You know, this this idea that people that have experienced, you know, that have gone through kind of mental health difficulties are, are going to are weak people. I mean, it, 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 it's not true at all, is it? I mean, actually, it builds resilience, doesn't it? That's what you're saying, Joe, isn't it? And yeah. I think it's true. Um, how, how closely is, like, HSPs, like, linked to other mental health disorders, like anxiety, depression, um, maybe personality disorders or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there, there are links to, to a host. I mean, there's, there's a link to autism spectrum disorders because, I mean, people, this is another you know, generalisation, of course, you know, because it's a big spectrum of people, but, you know, often people with, you know, certainly with autism can feel really overwhelmed by, you know, external stimuli, noisy sounds, you know, busy environment. So that is something that's really, 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 really similar, I think, between HSPs and uh, and people that are kind of on the autism spectrum. And, and anxiety is an interesting one, right? Because because of the deep processing that, and, you know, the empathy that we've talked about that HSPs have, and their sensitivity to, you know, external stimuli and internal stimuli, you know, often HSPs can be pretty anxious, like, it's a pretty stimulating world we live in. And, and so it can be pretty, really pretty difficult to live in the modern world, you know, with all of the noise and you know, everything that's going on, you know, for HSPs, it can be quite difficult. So there is, it's not always the case, you know, but I mean, sometimes I think there can be a link with, with anxiety. And I think also HSPs growing up, not knowing what's going on, why they're different, why they're more sensitive, and having people like teachers and even family systems telling them, oh, you're too sensitive, you're too nervous. I mean, often that can give them a real complex about themselves. It can affect self-esteem. You know, and I think if if HSPs don't know what is going on for them and there's a lot of, you know, negative mirroring from the environment, yeah, I mean, I think HSPs can get depressed. So, yeah, I think there, there are definite, definite links to, you know, to other kind of, you know, mental health, kind of issues um i mean i wanted to talk about just to talk about the benefits so we've kind of we've, we've focused on we've done some benefits but we've focused on maybe some of the difficulties um but some of the benefits are you know this idea of having no skin and you know and the connection and the sensitivity to the external world so for hsps to go out in nature it can be so nourishing for them so they could be in a forest or by a beach or and they're pulling in all of the goodness from nature in the same way as they'd be pulling in the, the overstimulation from being in a crowd. You know, and I think part of the, the path for HSPs is to try and, in their own lives, create lives where they're mitigating as much as possible in the modern world situations where they're going to get overwhelmed and anxious and reinforcing 
and you know creating in their in their own lives situations where you know the the, the high sensitivity is going to be beneficial like working in jobs um, where where you know the high sensitivity is going to be helpful i mean i'm a hst and i work in the therapy world so you know high sensitivity in therapy for obvious reasons is a really really good thing um and also and, and the, the whole being in nature i mean i can't stress that enough really you know hsps need to be in nature as much as possible whether that's a park depending on where you live or so whether that's even walking down the street lines roads you know and and that and actually you know i mean i was reading some research the other day that said that the brain codes pictures of nature so you could be watching a picture of I don't know, a stream, or you could be, you know, looking on your computer, at, you know, at some pictures of nature, and your brain will code that the same as being in nature. So as an HSP, you can bring nature into your home, you know, with 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 strategies like you know, having pictures or maybe having screensaver with nature, you know. So there are so many benefits, but I think it, the the kind of therapeutic journey often for HSPs is accepting who they are accepting that it can be a superpower in their lives, uh, not blaming themselves for, you know, becoming overwhelmed in certain situations and creating lives as much as they can where they reinforce the positive benefits and mitigate the negative. Yeah. Um, I was, you just reminded me, I just saw something about, you mentioned about animals can be HS, highly sensitive too. Um, I actually heard something really interesting on a podcast not long ago about why dogs stick their head out the window. Um, apparently, it's like a high for them. Like, they take in all the senses at once. So it'd be like a person doing drugs. It'd be similar to that. And I thought, oh, that quite related to her being highly sensitive and animals having that high, high sensitivity. Um, and obviously humans being the same, if you go out in nature, you're probably more like taking smells and stuff than a normal person who's got a high sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that is fascinating. Yeah, and then I guess that's the dog, you know, really kind of making use of the high sensitivity, you know, by, by kind of putting its head out of the window. I mean, that's something that we've all wondered about for years, isn't it? <laughs> Why dogs do that? Yeah. It's just a really interesting thing I had on a podcast and it's just because they take it in all the senses and it's like a high for them. And that, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, um, Joe, like, yeah. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you, I mean, the high sensitivity thing, you know, it's kind of coming into the public domain, I would say, really, only over the last couple of years. Is it, I mean, apart from kind of when we've talked about it, is it something you've ever heard of or, or seen anywhere? I think only other than you mentioning it, really. Um, obviously, there's traits in certain things like autism and anxiety, and I've got dyspraxia, so I'm quite a high, highly sensitive person because of my emotions are probably a lot higher than a normal person, whereas someone might react to something... Oh, and also having borderline personality disorder, where someone might react to something normally. And I mentioned this in the last episode, I'd maybe overreact or it would go, tiny that thing would trigger. And same with dyspraxia, yeah. like I was quite an emotional person in school. And I'll mention this because we're going to do a bullying episode on your, your video blog at some point. Um, yeah. Whereas, and it's probably part of the reason why I got bullied, is that I'd cry 
quite quite quickly. Whereas a normal yeah. person yeah. might defend themselves or not react the way I would. Yeah. I think dyspraxia has traits obviously being a highly sensitive person. So obviously, as you mentioned, anxiety does um, and autism and on the topic of autism, like it just reminded me of there's an ad, there used to be an advert in the UK of a, girl, a kid walking through the supermarket with their mum, and it's basically the, through their eyes where they've got like the lights glaring, they can hear everyone talking really loudly, and you can hear ringing and people laughing, and I think obviously that's quite similar. That's how a person with autism sees the world on yeah. probably a daily yeah. basis, and obviously maybe similar to people with highly that are highly sensitive. Um not sure if you like agree or Yeah. Yeah, I mean just to, to, to go to kind of rewind to what you said at the start, yeah. I mean in terms of the intense emotions that you that you experience, you know, borderline personality uh, people experience, that's really similar to HSPs, right? I mean it, it's basically all happiness. They're gonna be deep processing processing that feeling internally and it's gonna be such a strong feeling. But likewise, if they're angry or they're sad or someone's upset them, then they're gonna be deep process processing that and that can be really overwhelming. And and the bullying I mean, often HSPs get bullied at school, right? Because they're sensitive. You know, kids kids, you know, kind of single them out and bully them. And, you know, bullying is, you know, as we're going to talk about in future episodes, it's incredibly difficult, I think, you know, for people to deal with. And HSPs, you know, often get this because people think they're vulnerable because they're deep processing the emotions really strongly. But it's not vulnerability. It's just purely the personality type. And the, the whole supermarket thing, you know, I mean, I'll share my own experience as being an HSP. I mean, supermarkets are very overwhelming for me. I mean, there's so, you know, there's so much going on. There's the lighting, there's all the colours, there's the people, there's the noise, there's the, you know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get fairly overwhelmed as an HSP with supermarkets. And I have a funny story, actually, if I could share it. You know, I, was in, I was in the supermarket for a few years ago with my wife and I was walking around with a trolley and we were picking stuff up and, and I got really, really overwhelmed. It was really busy in there, as you can imagine, like just before Christmas. And um, and I ended up, and my wife came back and said, where's where's our trolley? And I said, oh, I'm holding it. And she said, no, it's not. And we looked in the trolley, and it was full of, like, things that we would never buy. And, you know, within the overworld, I'd walked off with somebody else's trolley. I mean, I, you know, still to this day, I don't know what happened to our trolley. You know, so I, <laughs> supermarkets can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah. For, you know, for HSPs, you know. Kind of good now. I don't know if they have it in the UK, but they have like a um, an hour on a certain day of the week for people with autism or like elderly people to go and do their shopping, so it's not busy. Yeah, and I think it's really good. And I think obviously people with high sensitivity should be able to do the same thing. Um, and like also you mentioning about how overwhelming things in supermarkets. Sometimes I kind of, it's a similar thing with anxiety. I kind of sometimes see it as a super, almost like a superpower sometimes as well. Like I used to go to the pub and sometimes it used to be overwhelming because it's so noisy, but sometimes I could hear conversations, like individual conversations and be like, oh, I can hear what this person's saying. And I know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like having super hearing. It's kind of, it could be overwhelming, but 
kind of interesting sometimes as well because you can hear all like individual conversations and I'm not as bad as I used to be because medication and years of therapy and stuff and coping if I got overwhelmed sometimes it could be interesting be able to hear like every little conversation Um, I mean yeah but that that is so true but, I mean, as always, you know, as always, the, the, you know, there were two faces, two sides. Like, there's positive, there's, there's negative. Yeah, and, and hearing like, the sensitivity, you know, and this is your, and I'm adding in a deep capacity for empathy. So you're listening to other people's conversations, you know, you can hear that, but I guess you're also connecting with empathy, so you're kind of feeling the emotions that are going on. You know, it's a lot of information, but it can also be really good. It can also be helpful. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to add at all? Or? Yeah, I mean, just I just wanted to, you know, just to say, I mean, often I think highly sensitive people, you know, things that I would recommend really, and things that I use in my own life, right? You know, if I've been through the whole process of not knowing I'm an HSP, and then, you know, finding out you're an HSP, I think is often a, a, a really it's like an epiphany for HSPs. They'll read something or they'll come across the late Evans, one of one of her books. And this was my experience. I read a book and I thought, oh my God, that's me. It like explains years and years of, you know, being a certain way and, and not really understanding. So I think accepting who you are, mitigating as much as you can the negative aspects, but accepting that sometimes you're going to get overwhelmed, right? Um, reinforcing the positive aspects and, and things that you know that I would always suggest with HSPs that I work with are coping strategies are really important. You know, I would say exercise, and and I, you know, exercise is brilliant for mental health generally. Really great for anxiety. Really fantastic for HSPs. Some HSPs can get overwhelmed by too much cardio, so I guess it just has to be you know dependent on you know it, there has to be a sweet spot found. It can be walking. It can be running, it can be anything really. You know, if that exercise can be taken in nature, all the better. And and I think meditation and mindfulness, because HSPs have a very sensitive nervous system, and I think having a meditation practice is a brilliant way to learn skills to calm their nervous system down. So if if someone regularly meditates, and I've been meditating for years, you you can find that meditation space wherever you are. So I think I would say meditation and everyday mindfulness as well. I think the more mindful people become, you know, the, the more control they have over kind of any potential negatives to the trade. And yeah, and just 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 to say, you know, this is your superpower, HSPs. You know, don't be told this is a flaw. You know, this is a personality type. You know, and there are lots and lots of positives that come from it. Um, is it something that? Is diagnosed by a doctor or a psychologist or anyone in that field? Yeah, I think increasingly. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's more out there now, you know. But 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 I, I would say no. I would say not every psychologist is really going to be aware of my sensitivity. Not every therapist is going to be aware of it. Some will and some won't. You know, but it, it is starting to come into the public domain a bit more, really. So I think if you're if you're if you're a client, you're wanting to work, you know, with 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 a therapist, and you're wanting to work particularly around being an HSP, just find a therapist that specialises in that area that, that that truly understands the area. I think it's important. 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Did we? Did you want to wrap up, or did you have anything uh, else to add? No, I mean just just that really. Um, yeah, I mean it's just. Well, I mean I could, you know, I could just say maybe one thing, you know, just to finish that, you know. The world needs more HSPs, right? You know, this, it, it's a world full of suffering. It's a world full of, you know, ecological disaster. It's a world full of, you know, full of media that, you know, that gives us constant streams of images of negativity. And, you know, and I think HSPs are really important in this world because HSPs really connect with, with suffering, suffering of the planet, suffering of other people. And so, you know, it, it's a really, really needed trait, I think, in the world today. And the, the you know, capacity for empathy, it, it, it's much needed. Ah, thank you. Well, um, thanks for sharing with us, Mark. Um, it's probably a topic not many people have heard of, and hopefully this will get the word out and more people start to learn about it. Um, and those that are listening, though, if you want to learn anything more about HSPs, obviously go on Google or check out Mark's um, video blog on uh, YouTube, hashtag psychotherapy unfold. Um, I think, is it episode one that's on HSPs? Yeah. Yeah. And we've also shared it on our channel on, on the Lifestyle Multimedia. It's on there as well. Um, but yeah, go and check out the video if you want to learn more. Um, hopefully... We'll be back next week with another episode, uh, either on mental mental health or suicide. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Mark, for sharing. Um, it's a bit of a different episode again, two weeks in a row with no guests, but uh, hopefully we'll have a guest next week or next episode. Um, and yeah, just like and share and <laughs> um, keep tuning in. Let's get that message out that mental health is real and get people the help they need and hopefully encourage people to speak up about it. Yeah, uh, couldn't yeah. agree more. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you, Joe. You too. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You will find them by going to Google and typing in helpline um smart they have samaritans suicide helpline but remember that you're not alone as the title of the podcast says um there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone but there's always someone there for you to talk to be it a friend a family member a stranger a psychotherapist or doctor there's someone to talk to i've been in that position before and talking to someone really does help it's okay to not be okay and i will see you in the next episode if you're interested in being a guest in any future episodes um please contact me via lionstailmultimedia at gmail.com or contact me on facebook um we are doing an episode on suicide uh, men and mental health and then we're doing one on empaths if there's any topics you'd like to be covered please let me know also at the email as i mentioned before um thanks again to those that have tuned in and made the pop the podcast as popular as it is